Well, happy New Year, garden friends. Okay, so truth be told, recording this a week before New Year's, but that's how it goes in getting episodes out. I wanted to get an episode out for New Year's of gardening goals and resolutions for 2021. I know that's probably, you know, something we probably shouldn't do in this day and age with who knows what's going to happen this year. Uh, Any garden goals we had for 2020 probably went out the window. I know they did for me, but we did the best we can. But I have a whole list of things that we really, really, really need to attack in our garden. Not that run through them. Talk about all the things that we've been putting off that we really need to get done this year. I'm sure you have something on your list and it's a good time to just reflect on what you really want to do for the year. What's what's the main projects you need to attack? What are the plants you want to buy? What How do you want to design your garden this year? All these different things that you may have been letting linger and it's winter for most of us unless you happen to be living in the southern hemisphere. So it's a perfect time to be thinking about this and making a plan to start doing it. I know for me, making lists, seeing what is easiest to attack first is often how I get things done or how we get things done around here. And then for the bigger projects, looking at what we need to do. Do we need to spend money on something? Do we just need to spend a weekend and put a lot of effort and time into something? It's good to just brainstorm and get it all out. And I'm sure my list is actually longer than what it, what I came up with, but I thought I would go through some of the things. So first off, we really, really, really need to redo our compost bins. I've talked about that on the podcast before, and it's never been a priority, but it's, it's looking pretty pitiful right now. So we built these compost bins out of some oak trees that had died in the drought back when we moved in about nine years ago. And back then we thought, oh, that'll last about five years. We'll replace it. Well, five years came. We had a kid and a baby and a toddler. And we didn't want to deal, deal with that. So we just let them rot and decay. And now most of what is left are, there's a couple logs still over there. But most of what is left are rebar from where the logs sat in the rebar. Uh, the rebar was holding it up. So... It's, it's divided enough, but it'd be nice and look a lot cleaner if we actually redid that. Personally, I would like something a little more permanent. You know, maybe we have some limestone bricks that we could maybe divvy up and make a nice little uh, compost bin situation going on. But my husband was talking about doing the wood again. And it, it looks nice. It makes it, it kind of fits in with our aesthetic. We have a very natural wooded lot sort of situation and it would look good if we did that again but again in five years we're going to be facing the same situation when the rot when the logs rot and we have to do this all over again so that's something we're gonna have to talk about and actually make a plan and do i would say that's probably in the middle of the list of priorities the next thing on my list that i need to do is finish putting a second layer of fencing around our edible garden on the west side of the fence. So we have a fence around the edible garden already, but the, the, the grid itself of the fence is actually large enough for the deer to stick their snouts in. And so we put some chicken wire up along the east side 
of the fence. And that has helped tremendously in keeping the deer from poking their nose through that fence. We were supposed to do the other side. I don't know, this has been a year and a half. <laughs> and that just never got done. What I really need to do is dig up a couple grass clumps and sedge clumps that are on the base of that other fence. And that way we can make room for the bottom of that chicken wire to actually function properly and get it tied up and it would be done. So that would be something pretty simple to do. I need to get my butt out there <laughs> and work on that. And we could put that up in you know a couple hours in one afternoon. That's probably a pretty easy priority project that I can get done in January or February of this year. And that way I'll be able to grow some gourds and other vines on that side without the deer coming in, sticking their nose and predating on my plants. So those are two projects that I want to get done. Okay, the big project that is going to be a probably a whole year kind of situation is redo the edible beds in the garden. And I think we've decided to go with concrete and I think it's going to look really great once we do it. My goal is really to start probably January, February, start doing a bed here and there. I've already decided I'm not going to do a lot of tomatoes this year, so I'm not even starting seeds. I'm hoping maybe we can do, I'm leaving, I have one bed empty right now. I'm not planting anything in it. It does have some uh, sugar snap peas on one end because we have a cattle fence trellis situation going on on one end. We, those sweet peas will be done or sugar snap peas will be done in March. April that'll be kind of done then so that bed will be able to be done before then the greens will start coming out and bolting in early spring once that's done I really don't want to put anything in those beds that's my goal empty these beds get get them rebuilt up get new dirt in them uh, add some more add some more soil in and just get that looking a lot better in the meantime, I do need to get some mulch out there on the paths so it looks a little bit better than it does right now. So that'll be a short-term project, which mulches a once a year, if not twice a year, project around here because of our uh, humidity and how wet it gets. Everything just rots and fades away so fast. So that's that's the big project. An easy one that just needs some attention from my husband is... We have a whole bunch of gourds that I grew a couple years ago, some bottle gourds. And then last year I grew an apple gourd and I need to, we need to like just finish them off, cut some holes in them and hang them around the yard for birdhouses. And I could do that, but my husband likes to have them a, cert a certain way and finish them up nice. I just need to convince him to spend an afternoon working on those a little bit and maybe taking those up a seat from where I'm sitting. I can see them. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten bottle gourds and that one apple gourd. So that'll be nice. I would just want to get them off my porch and have them hanging up around the yard. Another one that's probably it's it's been a long term issue is to fix the fence in the flower garden. We had a tree limb fall, mm, goodness, probably five years ago now, during a storm and it fell on the fence and busted a metal, it's the metal fence. And it's kind of old. It's Most of those metal fences have 
a round tube at the top to hold the fence up. Ours are square and my husband has been unable to find that square piece to fix at any kind of um, hardware store or farm store. So it's just been languishing, but it looks really tacky <laughs> in the flower garden. The deer easily come over that fence right there. Not that they can't jump the fence. You know, it's a four foot high fence. They can't like, jump it easily anyway, but it just makes it an easy passageway for them to come into the garden. I would like to get that fixed this year. I'm just kind of tired of how it looks. It would just look a lot better. For that matter, if you know of any way to get or where I could get that square piece to go along the top of the fence line, it's just a typical chain link fence. Send me an email, thegardenpathpodcast at gmail.com or DM me. Let me know where you might think we might be able to find it. If you're in Houston or Texas, for some reason you've got some laying around, you know, a scrapyard, <laughs> please let us know. It would help us out. That's kind of uh, been, I don't know, a pain in my butt <laughs> ever since that happened. I thought we would have fixed it by now, but it, it really hasn't happened. Okay, another one that is doable pretty easily is replace a couple of trees that died. We had an apple tree, a lychee tree, and a peach tree that died all this last year. The apple tree was doing well for several years. It's a tree that was adapted for warmer climates. And we even produced a few apples for us once or twice, but this year it just it didn't make it. And we need to take it out and peach tree also died this year and we need to take it out as well. The lychee, it was off to the side of the yard, the side yard between a neighbor's house and our house. And I honestly just kind of didn't water it like I should. And I kind of would like to do another lychee because they do actually thrive pretty well in Texas. They're fairly cold tolerant. They can kind of get nipped back, but they produce a lot of fruit and actually you know do pretty well for being a tropical fruit in a uh, more temperate climate i would like to get that replaced but the others we're not going to replace an apple we probably won't replace a peach we just we have one peach tree left and i don't think we're going to i don't think we'll replace it with another peach maybe we'll do another citrus we've got three citrus four citrus trees already but to be honest, I would like to replace the peach tree with a native plum tree. We have several native plums on property. We've got Chickasaw and Mexican plums, and they've done really well. And we actually have a couple of uh, suckers that my husband has dug up from the Chickasaw plum that we could easily transplant and put in that place. So that's really my goal is to just replace those trees with some native trees, whether they're edible or not. I just want to fill those gaps. Now, speaking of other trees, we have a whole bunch of cypress trees that my husband bought. And we also have a few things on the potting bench that need to be planted. We have a variegated gardenia that we bought probably 30 or four years ago that we were gonna plant uh, to commemorate our cat Samson when he passed away about six years ago. It's really pretty pitiful that we still have that in the pot, but we have not planted it that really needs to be planted, as well as some other plants, uh, like a native uh, Amorpha uh, Lepigatas. We have a whole bunch of them. And, oh, I think we have some Nyssa Sylvaticas, maybe? Uh, or 
biflores. I'm not sure. My husband grew those from seed. I can't remember which nisses they were. Those need to be planted as well. We need to just clean up the potting bench. You know, those potting bench can get kind of cluttered. You start planting things. You don't know where to plant them after. You don't want to give them away because they're cool plants you grew. And that's kind of the situation right now. But we have plenty of space. We just got to make the time to do it. And right now is the perfect time to plant trees for us so they can get established a little bit before it gets too hot and they get stressed out. And something else I thought about while I was sitting here, I don't know how ambitious or how much I really want to do this right now. A couple years, well, a couple years, several years ago, we actually tried to plant some shrubs and things around some of our larger pine trees. And for a while, we had Turk's cat hibiscus that did thrived around at least two trees for several years until the deer just tore them apart and they just never really came back which is really disappointing because they looked great we also tried to plant some non-native azaleas around a couple of the trees and they just also did not thrive i think there's a couple still trying to languish out there but they're not doing great we have some lantana around one tree and they do okay they always die back but they usually come back from the roots they were variegated they're, they're not they've lost their variegation now but I'd rather try to plant something native around those trees, possibly. Again, it's just something that is not high on my priority list, but I would like to address that because I would like some more, a little bit more of a nicer look around the yard in some of those spots. And it may not be worth it. It may be just worth just letting native grasses kind of grow up around that and not mowing directly around those trees. That's just something I'm toying with as I as I sat here and was thinking a little bit more, but that's kind of the big thing. Oh, another big thing I'm sitting here looking at. We had a mimosa tree right off our uh, the back side of our house, and it was it's a great place because hummingbirds would come a lot and perch on that tree, and then when the mimosa was flowering, they would nectar. We get other birds that would perch on there as well, but it's right outside our kitchen window. So while we're having dinner, we can watch the birds. Unfortunately, that tree just up and died this last year. It tried to come back over the summer. It was re-sprouting at various places along the trunk and it was putting in an effort to, to, to go again, but it, it didn't, it's not gonna make it. And, you know, it'll last a couple more years just standing up, but eventually it's going to die. I mean, it'll decay completely and fall apart. I would like to put something there in its place, not another tree, because our septic drain field is right next to that. But a post, we have bromeliads that we hung on that tree and maybe put a post up. So... We can hang the bromeliads, but it's also a place that the birds can perch as well. Maybe even put some bird feeders on it. And it's, it's, it's just a nice place while we're sitting and having dinner to watch the birds in. That would be something to think about. Again, that one's probably not a huge priority because I don't know how, how soon we'll tear that tree down. But that's, a, that's on the agenda as well. So those are all the big long-term projects that we really need to address this year. In the short term, I've got mulch to put down that I need to get done. I usually do that in January. I've already started 
working on cleaning up the garden a little bit more than I normally do. Normally, I am with our family after Christmas, and this year we're not doing that. So I have a little more time between Christmas and New Year's to do some gardening. So I'm trying to get on top of that and think about preparing for spring because, you know, it may be winter. May Winter may have just started, but... You know, we have six weeks and we're going to start seeing early spring ephemerals here. We're going to start, daffodils will start blooming. The red buds will start popping. We'll probably start seeing maybe some dogwoods. You're going to get a lot of the weedy spring ephemerals blooming uh, along the ground. Uh, the vine, uh, the Carolina jessamine, that will be coming up and blooming. It, it's really not far away, spring, uh, at least for us here in Texas and the south. It's it's coming, and we still have some cool times and cold temperatures coming, but that phenology is is gonna happen, and and I've gotta we gotta start thinking about that just a little bit more. So there's a lot of work ahead of me. I've not been doing a lot the last couple of months, but it's time to start thinking about that again. Wherever you are. I hope that you've got your seed orders ready, you've got your ideas and brainstorming going for spring because before you know it, it's, it's going to be March <laughs> again, <laughs> April and into the growing season. And let's hope that maybe this March and April is going to be a lot better than last March and April. So until next time, I hope everyone has a safe and happy and wonderful 2021 and happy gardening.